In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. world needs, ask what makes you come alive, and go do it, because what the world needs is people who have come alive, which this morning, we've been, like, dancing to the tunes. We are really alive. And we're high on caffeine right now. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, welcome to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty, and today we're talking about the word go, as in go for it. Well, and we also have a jam-packed show, and we're going to be talking to some pretty alive women who are going for it and making life happen. Maybe some of you are, are listening to this and you're ready to go, but you really haven't just taken the steps that it takes to move. But hopefully after listening to today's show, you'll be inspired to go and take those steps and go make it happen. We actually kind of um, identified some levels of go because sometimes it's so easy to just keep talking about, I'm going to go do something, I'm going to go do it, and you have great intentions, and you think, because I process out loud, I've gone. Absolutely. And well, you don't? Have you noticed this morning we keep enunciating our words? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're like saying go, like people aren't going to understand if we just say go. But you know what? So many times people don't understand when you yeah. use the word go. And like you said, there, there's a different levels of, of go. And I know I even had a girlfriend a few years ago. She was interviewing me on what exactly does it take to form a group. She wanted to start this just a small group of women to come yeah. together and kind of do a discussion group. And in that, literally for over a year, she was putting together her logo. She was putting together her, um, her mission statement and her, you know, focus group to see exactly what it would take to put well, this small group. We should learn from her. <laughs> we probably should learn. Uh, we, we jump in and go. Yes. Um, and sometimes we do need to do our research. But how long is it taking you to really go? I mean, what do those baby steps look like? What do the big well, we can, sometimes look like? You can overanalyze something yeah. and never really make it happen. Well, our first two guests that have taken the word go seriously are some fabulously zany girlfriends who use a mix of comedy and drama, sometimes even including a, a unique musical variety type show. Um, they custom tailor any event and by using their, their real-life issues that they've gone through, they put humor and um, just a fun touch that fun really, really has an impact on the audience to where it's an unforgettable experience. And I just love what they're doing, and I can't wait to I love interview. I two girlfriends because we kind of like the girlfriend connection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so with that, it is such an honor to have Tracy and Kara on the show today. So Tracy and Kara, we are ready to dive in with you and find out exactly what it took for you guys 
to use the word go in what you're doing. Well, good morning, you guys, and we are also high on caffeine over here in Seattle. So wow, good. well, it's going to be a lively show. Okay. <laughs> well, let me have to ask you, um, what is your high on caffeine? What exactly are, you, are your flavors that you're drinking this morning? Oh, I'm a vanilla mocha girl. I'm Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is Kara. I do the vanilla latte thing. Ah, okay. I really, I, I don't know the difference, I don't think, between a latte and a mocha. Patty just thinks if you just get a coffee that, you know, it's good, but she doesn't realize that there really is an art and a science to your coffee and your coffee choice. And um, she likes to say that I, I drink a hot milkshake. So my coffee cocktail is kind of a combination <laughs> of what you guys just said. So, okay. yeah. Are we- Honey, come to Seattle and you can have some coffee with us. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, my very first latte was, uh, I don't know, probably about, 14 years ago, and my girlfriend lives in Seattle, and she was raving about when you get here, when you come to Seattle, I'm going to take you for the, the coolest drink ever. And we went down to the pier, and she bought me a latte, and I just didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I am not loving this as much as you've raved about it. It grows on you. Oh, well. I'm from California originally, and so just in terms of time, it, it grows on you, you know. Well, there's something about having that that coffee because this is what I tried to tell Patty in her, you know, early stages of uh, getting addicted to coffee that it is really about the experience. There's something about uh-huh. holding that cup of coffee that you'll pay four dollars for when the coffee beans <laughs> cost twenty cents. That that it's about the experience, and then it's about connecting with somebody over coffee or just how it makes you feel. So it's beyond even the taste, but that's a huge part. And it's yep. also amazing to me that uh, we can spend five minutes of a show just talking about oh, yeah. how it's caffeinated. <laughs> so we want to dive in with you guys and just ask you, what exactly, how did you get started in um, coming together as girlfriends and going out there and doing these events? Well, you know, it basically started eight years ago. Um, I just kind of got this feeling and this calling to uh, take my drama to the next level and go out of the church and stopped performing in the church for a while. And so I started to move forward with that, and I thought, there is no way I can do this. There's no way I can do this by myself, but I'm going to go for it. And the next thing I know, um, somebody pops into my life out of nowhere, and I'll have her take over from there. <laughs> you know, I had this weird dream. Um, it was just, you know, amazing. It woke me up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning one November, um, and I... I couldn't wait, and I ran out to the living room, and, and basically, you know, got to have said, this is the woman we're going to work with, and this is what you're going to do, and I'm writing and writing and writing at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I called Tracy about, what, about 7? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to have this ministry. What? Yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. But we had just met. We had literally just met. We had auditioned for the same show. I saw that she was new to the area, so I went up and I said, hi, you know, I'm Tracy. I know you don't know anybody, but here's my phone number if you want to chit-chat or whatever. And uh, she ended up using that number later to call me to tell me we had big plans. We had big plans. (laughs) Don't you love that? I I love, Tracy, how you said that Kara was your pop-in friend. And um, that's how kind of we feel like our friendship was. It was like we didn't have a choice. God kind of collided our worlds and said, okay, hit the ground running here. And we haven't looked. you know, since, and it's been over 10 years. But I love that when you just feel like there's a calling and there's a purpose for your friendship. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It was so clear. I mean, not at the moment of the exchange with the phone numbers and all that kind of stuff, but obviously now we look back and go, oh, yeah, I can see how that happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And from the moment we started working together, we realized, you know, we have a lot of the same 
you know, values and, and things, but we're very different. God really brought different strengths together to, to make this thing happen. So it's been really a lot of fun. Yeah. Love that. We always say um, God had to put our two minds to make one mind together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not he... quite half, and she's three quarters, so no. it works out. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first step? What did you What did you do to then start going? Well, you know what we did? We... um. The cool thing is God used our past. Like, we yeah. were both experienced uh, uh, in drama and musical theater, and he mm-hmm. said, you know what, ladies, you're going to use that and the gift that you've already been doing, mm-hmm. and we're going to just go from there. So um, after that, we were basically, after the, the dream and all the coming together and saying, we're going to do this, we were handed a, a dinner, dinner theater. theater. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, someone says, hey, girls, um, I have this dinner theater, and I need some performers. Are you interested? And we're like, Rah! yeah, are you kidding? So the next thing we knew, we were writing, which neither of us had ever done before. We had, we had done a lot of performing, but neither, neither of us had done any writing. And we're like, how are we going to find material that's, you know, that's fun and, and us and good? And, and it, yeah, copyright. copyright you know, we don't have to worry about yeah. the copywriting thing. We had no money, no money, no money. And <laughs> pretty soon, scripture. We understand that. <laughs> We were like, well, there's no way we can write a play, but a three-minute sketch. Now that we can do. Yeah, we can do that one, okay. (laughs) Well, that's so neat because one of the things that Lisa and I are passionate about in in helping others do the remarkable is using your your God-given talents that are already in place. And so many times, you know, we all want to do something that's going to be so significant. We really want to matter. And we don't look at the gifts that we have right now. And I know even with my own children, um, I have a daughter that wants to get into drama. And you go, okay. How are they going to use that later on in life? And and God takes everything, every single gift um, that He's given us, and if we go for it in that way, then He's just going to just keep building on that. So it's so neat to see that you did take your past experience and made that happen. What what was the next step then that you guys put together? Well, we started kind of just figuring out, okay, if we're going to do this, how do we make this work so that um, so that it makes sense? We knew that we wanted to have an actual um, board of director, directors, a nonprofit organization. We wanted to. We really wanted to cross our T's and dot our I's so that we could say, you know, this is. We really wanted to give to give it our all. And um, right. So we just started that process. And again, people just started coming out of the woodwork. I had a friend that was working for an attorney who said, you know what, I would be happy to check over your nonprofit stuff, your paperwork, uh, pro bono for you. And we're like, woohoo, pro bono, that's good. <laughs> And we like that word. <laughs> we had a, a thirteen. I had a thirteen-year-old neighbor who um, designed our original logo and website, and that got us started. And it's just you know, and again, these these friends and things that just started offering us performance opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is great. You know, one one of the things that always makes us sad, especially when you have four girls all on the phone, is just how quickly the segment goes. Um, we just have a couple of minutes, and, and first of all, we want to make sure that our listeners are going to Drawing Water, or they can go to our website and find out a little bit more about you guys and how they can book you and how they can just get a taste of this fun that you guys bring to the table. But what would be something in, in one minute that you can give other women a tip out there to go go for it? Oh, ladies, you know what? Um, life's too short not to take risks. Yeah. And if at all you feel like you should be doing something or called to be doing it, what, what's it going to hurt if you just jump in both feet? Because, okay, yeah, there's disappointment in rejection and all that, 
But through rejection, you also grow. So, you know, I just say go for it. Jump mm-hmm. in. We always use the analogy that ever since we started, um, we've been holding on to God's coattails, and our hair is literally flying, <laughs> flying behind <laughs> our, our back. So if you can visualize that, you know, grab onto his coattails, just hang on for the ride, let your hair fly, let your feet fly behind you like Superwoman, and just and just go for it. it I mean, yes, there's disappointment and there's hurt, but there's growth, and you will be so much better on the other side if you do. And never worry about anybody else's no. Never worry about somebody else's no. We got to I that. love that. Don't worry about the no. And thank you so much, Tracy and Kara, for being Thanks on the guys. show. Thank them on Falling Water. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Youth was sad because right. he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No, nope. the walls never struggled to communicate. Ha. Y'all wave your hands. Look who's on. Yeah. It's the code of man Keith that he's number one. It's that Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, that Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wine and the show, go to his website, KeithWannWann.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap. Don't miss that Keith Wine Show. Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We've been having a blast this morning, just drinking our coffee, talking about being highly caffeinated and how we can use that word go and all the different levels of go and what we need to do to go. And our next guest on the show that is definitely going for it is Leah Hamilton. 
And Lita is an author. Um, she's doing some crazy things in a book that we just can't wait to hear more about. She's also a radio show host and a motivational speaker, a spiritual advisor to moms everywhere, seeking to find meaning and balance in the midst of poopy diapers and piles of laundry. That's the reality of life. <laughs> that is the reality of life. And she, um, speaking of reality of life, is a busy, busy, busy mom herself because she has a one, three, and a six-year-old not only, um, well, toddlers and a little out of toddlers, but they're all boys. So but that, I love little boys. <laughs> that has to keep you on the move. But, um, Lita, we are so excited to have you on the show today, and we can't wait to jump in a little bit more, more about you and about your book. So how are you this morning? I'm, I'm, I'm fine, yes. Are you exhausted caring about say. yourself? <laughs> Am I exhausted what? Are you exhausted just hearing about yourself? <laughs> I know. You know what I was thinking when you were doing that intro was I was thinking I am surrounded by so much testosterone. It's <laughs> a lot of testosterone. <laughs> well, that's good because that, that testosterone just adds to great humor that you can use. Especially. And that's why you need your girlfriends here. So we're, we're providing that balance for you this morning. <laughs> you are. It's, it's I definitely need my uh, girlfriends in my life, that is for sure. Well, so tell us a little bit about why, what your passion points were in order for you to go, and even in, in writing this book and, and doing the, the radio and starting your website, what made you decide you're going to go? Well, you know, um, I grew up, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a child of the 70s, and while my mother kind of dropped out of college to marry my dad, I was raised with this idea that I needed to grow up and be, like, the first female president of the United States. Like, I needed to do something, like, really career-driven, really successful, really highly paid. And um, this was my idea of success. So when I, you know, graduated from university and I just, like, was so focused and I found that great, perfect corporate job that was just so well-paid and great bonuses... And then when I had my first child and I went back to work full time, um, all of a sudden I was no longer able to give everything that the job required and then go home, and I was just so miserable. So then I thought, okay, well, I know the answer to solve all my problems. I'll just become a full-time mom. After the, and then that, that happened after the birth of my second child. And guess what? Like, that didn't tick all the boxes either, and... I was like, hey, how come I'm not totally fulfilled? I'm with my kids. I, I'm doing the mom thing. This is supposed to just fill me with so much joy and warm fuzzies. And it, it didn't either. So um, I really hit a, a low point in my life where, you know, you, a lot of moms, you hear them, like, is this it? Is this all yeah. there is? Mm-hmm. Poopy diapers and piles of laundry? And, and it was at this point that I, um, I started reading every spiritual book I could lay my hands on. I really was just longing to fill this kind of empty space within me. And I read some wonderful books, but none of them were really, like, really relevant to my situation. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old whose needs did, quite frankly, out-trump mine. They couldn't feed themselves, and I couldn't go off and meditate and go out into nature, you know, and all these things that they're telling me to do. 
And so that was when I thought, you know what, I just am going to sit down and write the book that I can't find. And I put the laptop up on the kitchen counter and started observing my kids and looking to their, you know, I call it their innate wisdom and natural spirituality, how they could show me all of these spiritual lessons and peace to inner peace that I was reading about in these books. And so that's what really, um, that's how the book came to be and, I wrote this book about the craziness of modern motherhood and all that we can learn from our kids. Because I thought it was kind of unbalanced. In modern motherhood, it's all about what we should be teaching our kids, what they should be learning. And I thought, you know, they have just as much to teach us as we do them. And we need to, to spend more time being conscious of what they can teach us. And so from there, from the book, um, I started going around in mom's groups. I do a thing called, I'm sorry, I'm totally just talking, talking, talking. Um, You're so I do following following. Okay, good. I do a thing called a mission statement for motherhood uh, within my book. And when I go around and I do, you know, workshops and I really get mothers thinking about what their core values are as people on this like earth, not just as mothers, and what are the, the things that they want to pass on to their kids, those key qualities, and how can we put that down in one concise piece of paper that really is the forest, and then frame it, put it up in your kitchen, your bedroom, you know, have it there to look at and to remind you of, well, quite simply, it's the forest, it's the perspective, and a lot of times when you're surrounded by a lot of chaos and you're tripping over toys, you forget about the forest. So, that's you know what? really is what I do. I, you know, love that. And you know what? It's so in- encouraging because we talk to so many women that are in that season of life where they have three young kids and they will say, well, this is not my season to do anything. And, and we always kind of ask them and go, there's nothing that you could be doing. And yet they, they will tell you, I am, I am unfulfilled because I'm I'm just staying home, and I want to do much more, but this is not my season. So they basically will check out of life. But the problem is that season will go on and on and on because there will always be another season. And a lot that you just went, okay, I have this pile of laundry. I have these diapers. I have these kids. And yet I can put my laptop on my computer. I can start writing. I can start doing things and making it happen. And I think that's what it takes. It's like, okay, no more excuses. What can I do today, no matter how small it is, but just start moving? Absolutely. And I tell you what, you, we women are notorious for our ability to multitask. And there's this big debate about whether that's good or not. Yeah. But I did, you know, I put the baby on the boob and breastfed and typed and kind of went over to the oven and stirred the stir fry or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But you, you make a commitment. It's a, it's a commitment to yourself. And I had to make a commitment to change because I simply did not want to carry on as I was. And, and I knew that my kids deserved a happier me. I deserved a happier me. And um, you just have to make that commitment. Well, and I think that um, I know, like, when, when I was raising, when we were raising our kids, I did work outside the home, like, part-time. That was the balance for me because I was like you. I was home for a couple years, and I went, okay, I need to – to be learning and growing as a person too and some, you know, a little more mind stimulation. And I absolutely adored my kids and loved them. But for me and what worked in our family, and I think each family has their own personality and DNA, is 
is I was a better mom because I was able to work outside the home for three days and I feel like I was growing and I had something to offer. And so I think each, each woman needs to find what that is, what that, what that looks like for her and then to go for it. And, you know, even tell another person for that accountability or for that encouragement, just start talking and and just go make it happen. Who did you have people in life that were other, did you have some estrogen in your life that was encouraging you? I had a supportive husband, that's for sure, who would babysit the kids in the evening, you know, so that I could go to Starbucks and and write. Um, but, you know, well, when you I know, tell... That's so neat, Lita, that your husband, I know um, with my three kids, I would actually have women would come up as I was, you know, working, and they would say, oh, is your husband babysitting? And I remember thinking... No, my husband's being a daddy. <laughs> you know, it's like that's yeah. all. I don't think of it as babysitting. It's just your your partners, and this is your team, and this is just what you do. So you can, you know, both come back to the table and and have that fulfillment, as well as be the best mom and the best wife that that you can be. So I love that that your husband let you go out and and be able to write and do what you were passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're right. You know, he was just being a daddy and he sees it. But, you know, it's funny now that, you know, I'm working and doing so much with my career and then he works as well. So it's funny because now the kids say to both my husband and I, like if I'm watching the kids, it's like, oh, mommy's babysitting us now. <laughs> or daddy's <laughs> watching. They say, daddy's babysitting us now. So it's like it goes, it goes both ways. But, you know, I still do have a one-year-old, a three-year-old, a six-year-old. And my six-year-old has just started first grade this year. So, you know, he's in school and I have the one and three. And we kind of have a little bit of daycare um, or little play groups, you know, little bits. But for the most part, I'm here with them and I'm responsible for them. And what I tell moms is, you know, what I do is I make sure that every day I've accomplished one thing. I've made one forward step towards mm-hmm. my dreams, my goals. I don't have to, I don't have to like work eight hours in the day. It's not, we have so much pressure and expectations in ourselves and we want to accomplish so much, especially when we do have like a, a real desire in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, my, with my life situation as it is now, I have to say to myself sometimes, no, the kids do need a mom too. I'm very driven, but that that has to be pulled back sometimes, and I have to say, okay, no, now is my time to focus on the kids. Now is my time to play with them. I I have to, you know, and I consciously sometimes have to keep the phone in a different room so I'm not looking at my emails, and it, it really is the balance. But as long as I can go to bed each night knowing that I've made a forward step, then I that, love that, you know, Lita, that right you're... Now. That would, that is a great tip, I think, for our listeners that you're, um, you can go to bed at night and just know that you took that one step, that one go to move forward, but you're doing the best job that you can as a mom and a, and a wife and a friend. And thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We loved all of your insightful comments and we hope that you, um, go out there and make a difference in your go. And you can find Lita on our site at girlfriended.com, and you can connect with her on this. Okay, thank you.
This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all all issues from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you alarmed, anxious, angry, even afraid of what is happening to America? It's time for Grassroots America, We the People. Learn how to get involved in your voting precinct and take back our country. It's time to build unity upon the Constitution and the wisdom of our founding fathers. Grassroots America, We the People. Every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central on Toginet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Today we have been talking about going for it, and what does it take to get off being just a great idea and go implement it, make it happen? Well, our next guest is Sharon Felix, who's the executive director of the 100 Club in Phoenix, which is a nonprofit organization that supports families of law enforcement and firefighters, and they just do a tremendous work here in our community and even around the United States. And Sharon is one of those women who does not sit still for more than 30 seconds. Grass does not grow underneath her feet, and she totally embodies the word go. And she just can exhaust you just listening to all that she does, and she's always in perpetual motion. And Sharon is also the author of just an inspiring book called Gifts My Father Gave Me, Finding Joy in Tragedy. Welcome, Sharon, to Girlfriend It. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here today. Okay, I'm exhausted, too, just reading all that you do and, um, I, and knowing what you do. Can you just give us a little bit of information on what going looks like in your world and what, what led up to you going and doing what you're doing right now? Well, I can tell you one thing. Uh, when I listen to people like your previous guests talk about their young children, um, I have to say that my hat is always off to young mothers. Um, that is one of the most difficult times, I think, in your life, finding out how to go for it. And sometimes I think you're lucky and you just accidentally find a, you know, a way to get there or someone influences you. And um, I'm glad I'm a, over 50 and just a grandma. I get to take my kids home and stuff. But um, this is a time in my life when I'm able to give back to our community uh, by supporting the families of public safety. And that pretty much is... Um, uh, almost a 24-7 
uh, job because that is the time that our first responders work. They're on call. They're willing to step forward. And so uh, I'm pretty much there with them as much as possible when they need us at the 100 Club Response. And so as Executive Director of the 100 Club, I'm doing whatever my job calls me to do. It could be giving a speech this morning that I've already done. It can be doing a radio station. It can a radio show. It could be raising money. It can be delivering money. It can be uh, helping a grieving spouse, uh, a grieving child, a uh, grieving mother. It could, you know, it could just be whatever uh, normal life brings about in our lives of our public safety family. So, I'm, well, I'm Sharon, just a, I have to back up person. a little bit. I, I just have to say, you were talking about um, Lita, and you were saying that that is the, you know, the busiest time, and and going back to that that season of your life as a mom, and I know you. Um, lost one of your children, your son. And can you tell us a little bit about about that? You're talking about all these incredible things that you're doing, being there for grieving mothers and grieving spouses and everything that, um, like you said, from radio shows to uh, doing speeches. Can you go back a little bit on why you're so passionate about this and some of the grieving that, that you went through? Yeah. Yes. Um, my oldest son, uh, Ricky, I was struck and killed as he was walking on a sidewalk in 1983. I was 24 years old. And uh, needless to say, that turned our world upside down, and uh, it was a real learning time for us. I was raised in a Christian home, um, and I knew at that point that uh, when some people would say, you know, how could you say God is good or how could you have any hope in your life when, you know, what's most precious, your children, if one of them were taken from you, why weren't you angry? Why, you know, how could you just even stay at church or have any love for God or, or think that he loves you was the big question. And I just knew that uh, God was my only connection to ever seeing my child again. So actually, Ricky's death was probably a real journey for me, the beginning of a journey of really digging really, really deep and finding out who God is and finding out that he really was the person and that relationship with Christ was really what was going to get me through whatever happened. And, you know, it was a difficult time, uh, emotional, you know, so that doesn't even describe, you know, the ups and the downs, the difficulties. Um, having two other children, I had to get up every day and face life, um, you know, and the first thought on my mind was, Ricky's not here. You know, how can life go on without Ricky? And uh, in my book, I think I write quite a bit about that. Um, you know, there was times I wished that I thought, you know, if all of my children had been killed, then I wouldn't have to live myself. And mm. um, it was, you know, basically a daily, I get up today and do something um, productive regardless what it was. And I was pretty much a stay-at-home uh, mom, most of my children's growing up uh, life, at least their early life, and it, w- it was difficult when there was only two to get up to instead of three, um, but you know what I learned? I learned uh, when there's nothing else, uh, and you're at the bottom of the pit, that, you know, there's a song out, uh, when answers aren't enough, there's Jesus. And I found that that would really be what would take me through our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? And in your book, Guess My Father Gave Me, Finding Joy After Tragedy, it is, 
It is one of those books that literally you pick up and you can't put down because you write it in such a way where you feel like you're just sitting with you talking like this and you're so real and so raw in it with the emotions and and what happened and and the real feelings. Like you said, you go through these things going, why am I still here? And, And just, you know, I have to get up another day without with one less child and just all of that realness. And we know there's so many people listening to that have experienced tragedy in their life and the loss and trying to get beyond that. And even, you know, how do I survive? And, and what is so amazing about you is, is you have learned how to thrive and you are going in spite of that. But that was not um, the only tragedy you experienced in your life. And I remember the first time I, when I read your book and I heard your story, I it was one of those, my, my mouth is open going, I don't understand this, you know. And so can you explain a little bit more what happened even years after that that's even led to what you do today? Yeah. And, you know, Lisa, I think when you're talking to, um, you know, across the, the world, to all the girlfriends and everything, I think sometimes people are so afraid of the big tragedy. And yet mm-hmm. I'll tell you the most difficult things in life are the daily grind. And I think that's mm-hmm. what your whole ministry is about the daily grind of motherhood, womanhood, you know, facing all of that. And prior to Ricky's death, um, I had a very sick son. Um, Justin was, you know, and I write a lot about how to, you know, those nights that you have to stay awake and uh, wondering why you had children and, you know, (laughs) feeling Mm -hmm. like you might actually choke them sometimes. So (laughs) the big tragedies are just what people pay attention to. It is the the day in and the day out, um, those were the times that I grew because when the big things happen, they just happen and you don't have a choice. But the other things, the daily things that you face, you are you are faced with a choice every single day. Um, the big ones are so beyond your ability to, you know, to even make a choice hardly. You just kind of keep going. But um, 15 years after Ricky was killed, um, my husband, Doug, who was a DPS motor officer, was struck and killed also by a vehicle, which seems so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both lost their life the same way. Um, but he was uh, doing his job on Loop 202 here in the, the valley. And um, so he was killed on January the 2nd, 1998. And I will tell you that I didn't handle his death as well as I did Ricky. Um, I wasn't as close to God at that time because I had learned how to take care of things myself better. Mm. And I think that's the danger, um, and that's the most difficult thing in our life is um, depending on God when you think you can handle it on your own. And Mm -hmm. he still wants to be involved every day in our life. And we get really busy and forget about him sometimes. And, you know, and then the big tragedy comes, um, you know, and then we're searching for God when... You know, he's never left us, and we don't need to search for him because he's kind of searching for us, basically, going, did you forget I'm here? I'm still here. But I was angry with God. Um, I'm like, two times, I don't think so. Uh, find somebody else. And I remember people kept saying, but you, you were such an awesome witness for God. You you just changed people's lives. You know, people, you just impact their lives. And I was, I just basically told God, find somebody else. To, you know, impact somebody's life. This isn't fair. But mm-hmm. it didn't take me very long until I was like, God, I'll go to Siberia, which I hate cold weather. I'll do anything <laughs> in the whole world. And the big That's why you live was, in Arizona, Phoenix. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and the big hump for me was, Lord, 
I will even remain single for the rest of my life if you'll just give me your peace. And uh, so, you know, I had to confess my anger and uh, you're never going to figure all of it out. You just have to accept that God's in control and make the choices of, I can't choose, I didn't choose any of these things, but what can I choose today? And I can choose what I'm going to do today. I can choose my attitude. Uh, I can confess my bad attitude and just, you know, open the door and say, God, okay, I'm not doing too cool here. Why don't you fix me? And, you know, God's waiting for those words. And it's amazing what he will bring into your life to help you grow stronger. The girlfriends, you know, the, the parents, the church friends, the work friends, so many people just coming into your life that, you know what I found to be the best healer and the best thing to help me was to help other people. And so that's why I'm crazy and passionate about helping other people because it brings me great joy and I just keep looking at the things that God brought me to through and I feel like I'm so blessed, so fortunate, but so obligated because the scripture tells us to those that have received much, much is required and I feel like so much is required of me because God has given me so much. If he can get me through those two tragedies and mm-hmm. all the other life experiences, uh, I owe him every day for the rest of my life. And you know what? It's a debt of saying, oh, um, we, we don't have good vocabulary sometimes to really discuss, you know, to describe that physical relationship and plane that we have to live on because I really don't owe God anything, but I've given him my life and to use it any way that he wants to use it. And, um, you know, sometimes I argue with him. I'm pretty human. Uh, but he's okay with that. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, when your kids come in and they're just a little bit rebellious, you don't play, you know, slap them in the face and send them to the corner and banish them. Um, you just kind of look at them and uh, think, you know what, well, they'll get it a little bit. Or, you know, you plan, have a plan of action on how to influence them. Um, but, you know, what a great... <laughs> What a great opportunity for me. Um, just the Lord has put me in wonderful places, being able to work with people, and often it, I have found that it, it is there in free time. We're going to come back with that thought, Sharon, so stay tuned. We're going to talk about what you do with the 100 Club. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Now, there is a show that boldly claims that it can help you reveal where you are on your spiritual path. It's The Soul's Intent 
with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. Thursday evenings at 9 on toginet.com. The soul's intent is that you get here, that you live in the present, and that you witness your life in a fashion that puts you in tune or in touch with the wisdom of the whole of who you are. Having context for our lives provides the continuity to make a shift for the better in our lives. The soul's intent suggests that the change is actually outside of time. For more information on Dr. Vecchio and the soul's intent, go to truthsofbodyandsoul.com. Tune in and learn how this is the physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher Ernie Vecchio. Thursday evenings at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, there is a saying that says, go for it now. The future is promised to no one. And we are continuing our conversation with Sharon Felix, who is the executive director of the 100 Club here in Phoenix, which is a nonprofit that reaches out to support families of uh, fallen uh, firefighters and officers. And it's amazing what this um, organization is doing in our community and in the lives of of families. And and Sharon, we want to hear more about what you are doing and what the 100 Club is doing. And um, and for those of you that are listening that want to learn more about, hear more about Sharon's story, you can get her book and you can learn more about Sharon and the 100 Club by going to our website at girlfriendit.com. But Sharon, tell us a little bit more. Um, Obviously, you experienced huge tragedy that is beyond comprehension, but that motivated you to really go out and make a difference. So can you talk to us a little bit about the 100 Club? Share some of the stories and what you are seeing. Well, the cool thing about being part of um, public safety and being, you know, married into public safety, being a spouse of a police officer, um, is I got to know the culture and the people. And I think that um, my particular success at the 100 Club was putting a face to what the 100 Club did, and that was providing that financial assistance when tragedy struck. Uh, or when tragedy strikes, but knowing how much support you have as a survivor of an officer or firefighter who is killed in the line of duty, I started looking around and I started seeing families who were hurting and they weren't experiencing great tragedy, but they were experiencing life, pretty much life like you're talking about where we're struggling, um, you know, how to deal with the day in and day out of life. And the problem is the stress that's put on to first responders because of their job just specifically, but also to find that balance of their professional life, that first responder life to, uh, hey, I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a mom, I'm a, a daughter, I'm, you know, all the things that they, under the badge, behind the badge, out of uniform, these are regular people, people you and I see every day people that have to go to the grocery store and buy groceries and cook and raise children, and they have these careers that are just, you know, sometimes very fulfilling but sometimes very overwhelming. So currently, the 100 Club, we've so expanded our mission um, so that we can look at the person behind the badge and we can do what you're doing with Girlfriend It. We can do it with uh, being able to support the whole family. Um 
looking at the culture or the stresses of the culture and how can we help them on a daily basis or especially when they're struggling with life. Not all of them do. A lot of them have a good balanced life and they are the ones that have successful uh, careers and, and a successful life too. Some people have successful careers without this successful life. So we're trying to help them find that balance and direct them. So we've expanded our programs. Um, we now provide assistance for a lot of areas. Uh, but one of our things that's coming up next week is we now have a scholarship program. and We award family members of public safety officers and firefighters uh, money to, you know, uh, continue their education, which is so awesome because sometimes when we give awards of scholarships, we were able to give $104,000 out this year to 34 kids. Um, you do something for somebody's kids, it's like way better doing it for you. You know, you could give me anything, but you give it to my kids and it's like 10 times greater. And so oh, what we're true. giving to these kids, sometimes it's the first time these officers or firefighters had somebody really give them something. Um, yeah. In, that really said, you know what, just because of your chosen profession, we want to support you. And they're just like pretty overwhelmed with that. So it's such a positive program that we have. And then we ha purchase equipment to help them stay safer. We have been providing uh, training. One of the things we just hosted was a suicide awareness. Here in the state of Arizona, we've lost more than a dozen um, officers and firefighters in the last eight months to suicide. Mm. Um, that's staggering. And those are the ones that we know about. And mm -hmm. it's just right now a sign of the times of economic situations, the stress of their jobs. Uh, they are the helpers. They don't ask for help. They don't know where to go to help. And so we're working on providing training so that their peers can identify those needs, that they can, you know, have a place to call and get some assistance and realize that, you know, suicide is not the answer. It's mm -hmm. a permanent answer to a very temporary problem. And yet their problems seem so overwhelming that, you know, they just can't handle it and often leads to, you know, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, um, the whole nine yards. So the 100 Club is more than the death club that I think we used to be considered. You know, we show up when somebody dies. Um, but we're really about, um, you know, intentional living, how you're going to choose to live your public safety life and what are you going to do when you take your um, your uniform off and, helping them to realize that their job does not define who they are. Um, mm -hmm. They are going to define well, I, I just, from what we see, the brotherhood of um, the firefighters and of officers is just amazing. And I, I think even our local body of Christ can um, just soak some of that in, that the, the brotherhood is just so incredible when you do go, even though, like you said, it, instead of the 100 Club, it was kind of seen as the death club. I know my father was an officer, and when my mom was murdered, I could not believe how many officers and firefighters and the helicopters and the airplanes, <laughs> everything that flew over from her, her funeral and um, just the the whole entire community that, I mean, just literally rallied around, and even a year later, when they did an anniversary of her death, uh, just it was just a celebration of her life. And 
I just believe it's just so phenomenal, and we can all look at that and go, what would our world look like if we all stepped up and rallied together to that level? We care of each other like that. Like, even like you said, beyond that, you're expanding, not just the death thing, but, I mean, just taking care of being there just during every day, you know, in the trenches and taking care of needs. And um, it is is phenomenal what you are doing, um, Sharon, and, and, and I know that you do these incredible fundraisers, these large dinners in the community, and you bring in community leaders, and um, it, everybody comes together for a common cause, and it really rallies people together, which is what we should be doing, and that's part of that go, is how can we rally together to really make our world a better place? And Sharon, I have to go back to what you said last segment when you were talking about it's okay to ask those questions of God, and I know... We've all probably shook our fists a few times um, at God. And like you said, that that's okay. But going back to where you said it had to be your choice of your attitude and you felt like you can't give God enough. And I know we've had just this past weekend a funeral of a gal who was hit on the freeway by a semi and she lost her, her three-week-old and her 15-month-old. And they just held the funerals this weekend. And... I was sitting there with a girlfriend, and she said, I don't know if this gal's a believer, but how in the world would you turn to God during this time when your entire family just got wiped out? And I I looked at her, and I thought, how could you not? I mean, truly, how can you not turn to God? I I don't know how people do it. So I'd like to go back to that, how you said you just felt like you had to serve because that's now your responsibility. So go back to um, focusing on, on what you said there. Well, the, the, I have received a phone call the day Ricky was killed, and they asked me to come to 40th Street in Weldon, and they told me my son had been um, uh, ran over by a car. And it was really weird because I was sick that day, and I was listening to a tape for my devotion, and it was on uh, the attributes of the Holy Spirit. And I was talking about when times come, testing, when difficult times come, it's not so that God can test us and figure out, well, how strong are you, Sharon? How much can you take? Let me see how much I can dish on you. But it's the time for us to realize God's love for us and his strength and really what he wants to do for us. And it's crazy. I, that's what I listened to when I drifted off to sleep. I was sick in bed, and my son was walking with my sister. And then when the phone rang, um, and I'm arriving on scene uh, where they're loading my little boy into the ambulance, those were the words that were in my head. And I can remember um, just even speaking out loud because the driver looked at me and said, like, what? But I just said, okay, okay, God, you've got to really show me you love me. And I found that it was so true that any time I told God, show me how much you love me, and if you think about when your kids are hurting, what do you do? You go wrap your arms around them and, and you know, mm-hmm. you told them not to play on the steps or, you know, they or something just happened because gravity or whatever. We're living, you know, life in, on a world that's a fallen world and things happen. But what do you do? You just go over and you want to, you know, take the pain away and you stay up with them if they're hurting at night, whatever. And I just envision God wanting to wrap his arms around me and, you know, hold me. And I felt that that's what he did in the days ahead. And when people questioned, you know, about God and, and trusting God, I, all I could think of was, I, I cannot leave my dad. <laughs> He's the mm-hmm. only thing that's 
that's like not nuts in my life right now. He's what's constant. And he was just so faithful. And I just now, when I am with people, I'm so brokenhearted when they can't open their life to God because I, I know that's really the way that they'll get through it. But you know what uh, God called me to do? See Jesus in skin. And he said, if they don't know me, you can be me. And I can be the person that can go and hug them. And I don't preach to them. And I don't, you know, give them the four spiritual laws. And I don't do all that. But through my love, my acceptance of them, and through my, you know, acts of kindness or whatever I can do for them, um, sooner or later, somebody will ask me, you know, why do you do this? And that's why I wrote my book was so that I could hand somebody and say, you know, hey, this is how I maybe walked in your shoes or this is how I got through some difficult times. And I can share with them God's faithfulness to me. And that's really what the book is about. If my father gave me my dad who taught me about, you know, my heavenly father and then just a daily walk and uh, a faith that gets you through. Well, you know, Sharon, your story is so powerful. And I just... We just really want to encourage those listening to get your book, a copy of it. We only have about 30 seconds left. And one of the things, we just want to thank you again just for being, we know that's hard to relive that and to share that again, um, but you are really one that had just, you embodied Jesus and just that joy that comes even after the tragedy like your book is all about. And I know that sometimes I'll turn on the TV and I'll see your face on the news. You just show up. You are one of those ones that just goes and shows up. And I think it's so powerful. And your life, you just, you live what you, what you tell people to do. And thank you just for showing up in our community. Thank you for showing up in people's lives. And thank you for just being who you are. So thank you for being with us. And thank you for listening to our show. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 